Awesome. Well, I have kind of a variety of questions uh, for you, um, starting maybe with kind of just talking about um, some of the, the COVID cases and just uh, how that has affected anything or if that's affected anything um, in terms of kind of just heading into this weekend and making it through that last last weekend. Yeah, 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 it did affect things. <laughs> uh, starting, we've of course been a little bit quiet about it just because of medical privacy and things and, you know, illness cases aren't something that feel exactly, uh, they don't really feel right to share, but now that it's sort of out there, yeah, we had six athletes um, contract COVID in the last, I guess it's actually seven, there was one that went home from Lati as well. Um in the last couple of weeks after the Olympics. So that really took us out. Um, they were all very mild cases. Couldn't really tra trace where it was coming from. It seemed like it came in from about three different entrance points, but it was uh, a very nebulous, <laughs> difficult thing to pin down and really uh, pointed out how fragile our bubble was all along. So um, in some ways it, it was, uh, heartbreaking because we really wanted to get to the end of the season with zero cases, um, just cause it's a goal. Um, and then in other way, in other ways, it made us feel good about the efforts that we've taken for two years. We've been incredibly tight and, um, creative and have spent a ton of money trying to stay healthy, but it turns out it was, uh, it was needed. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess probably the the primary goals of the season were at the Olympics. So coming out of that, I guess right. if, if if you're gonna have people go down, um, at least you made it through that kind of critical yeah critical point. Yeah. <laughs> um, yep, that's right. That's right. And in terms of kind of just uh, talking through kind of conditions um, in Falun, it looks very spring like. Um, definitely starting to look like the end of the season. Um, can you talk a little bit about what you were seeing on course in terms of just how things were holding up and um, how skis were performing and, and stuff like that for both sides? Yeah, of course. Um, typical Falun day in March, um, we see, you know, 80% of the weather that we get here this time of year, much of which has been for finals is, is often uh, bluebird and plus three, four or five degrees centigrade. And, and we saw more of that today. There's, there's a huge base of man-made snow in addition to a bunch of natural snow out on the tourist trails. So we've got a lot of exciting terrain to ski, uh, just wonderful cluster conditions today, prepared well. And even when conditions get soupy, I mean, that's that's cross-country skiing at its best is, is when it gets slushy and, you know, your skis are, um, you just sort of relax and let them, let them do what they're meant to do. It's the people that get sort of tense in that slush that try and control the skis too much and then you end up catching an edge that way. But uh, great condition today. Okay. And we did get a couple questions after Draman um, just asking about classic waxing in, in, in conditions like this and whether that's like um, something that the U.S. has struggled with or whether this has sort of just been like we've you've had some deficits, um, particularly on the men's side and that's more of what we're seeing in the results versus skis. Yeah. You know, I think, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm sure, I'm sure this is in reference to Julia's, um, semifinal where she was leading to the top of the hill and definitely went for more kick. Um, certainly I think she would have liked a little bit more glide on that downhill. 
and she's pretty aware that she has tended over the years to be somebody who asks for more and more kick. Um, and, and that is something that tends to be a pattern um, until people start advancing through rounds with more regular regularity. And today you saw her uh, discussing with um, her wax tech, Eli Brown, um, you know, what's, what's the right amount of kick so that I have enough glide because it was an incredible tactical course at the end with so much gliding to finish this, this course today. Um, so yeah, I think it's, uh, not necessarily, uh, just the wrong wax. It can be the wrong tactic, you know, going for, going for too much kick and, uh, rather than maybe having skis that are a little bit slippery so that you can have fast skis at the end. It's a balance. And as skiers get a little bit more experienced, they tend to have the confidence to go with less kick. Sure. And that definitely for seemed the, like. For, on, on the men's side of things, you know, we, with reference to drama night, we sent, um many ironically we sent many of our great sprinters home to race ncaa's where there is no sprinting um but uh so that's where you saw um some softer results on the on the men's side we're running with a lighter crew and then you add some COVID in with that and uh and yeah get get a little less out of the results too sure um, and it looks like, despite the fact that there's no sprint in NCAAs, it's going pretty well for those guys. So, um, or at least for Ben. Um, it does. It is. Yeah. 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 And if you, if they, uh, they're, they're really missing out by uh, not seeing what some of these guys can do in sprinting. Sure. But uh, very, very proud of those results that we saw in the last couple of days um, on both men's and women's side of things. Really exciting race series, no doubt. They're just missing uh half of the sport um and maybe kind of continuing with with julia a little bit um she it definitely seemed like she maybe got a, a better balance or, or found more confidence in in a little slicker ski today um looked really smooth coming through through the rounds there and was just just shy of another podium um have you had a chance to to talk through any of that with her or what what were you seeing there I did. I, I talked with her for a long time after the race. Um, she was really smart through the quarters and semis. Um, and then things uh, where, where she would ski relax up the first climb um, and not burn matches that didn't need to be burned. And then make a move at the top of the first climb, position herself to launch into a good spot for the, for the second climb and final climb. Um, and normally what was happening is uh, she was both being smart tactically and uh, feeling, I think, very good today. And that just led to uh, a break between positions three or four and allowed her to get away. Um, and then her, her double pole punch at the end was was uh, you know, as good as I've ever seen her double pole today. I think there was maybe only one person in her quarterfinals and semis that could have out double polled her, and that would have been Jonas Sundling. And then in the in the finals, um, we talked about you know if there was a if there was a big mistake that she made, and we kind of just decided that she could try the same pro approach ten times, and maybe it would lead to a podium four or five of those times. Um, she felt like um, she tripped on the the last climb a little bit that caused the stumble caused a little bit of loss of momentum and allowed Maya to stay somewhat close and then she had a little bit of a stumble coming through that final stadium corner or as you drop into the stadium um, where the French guy went down and she lost a little bit of momentum there. Had those things not happened, it would have been a little closer between 
Julian Maya, but I mean, I don't want to discredit Maya. She was on fire in that final. You know, she uh, she just had all kinds of energy at the end. So really proud of Julia's strategy today. I think it was the right one, and it just didn't work out this particular time. And I guess if, if you're going to get fourth, getting fourth to the uh, person taking home the globe is very respectable. <laughs> yeah, on, you know, in front of a home crowd. Um, yeah. But it was cool. Julia's parents were out there today, and uh, she – she has uh, raced well when her parents have been here before. So that was great. And the other thing, too, is, uh, you know, she was fourth. She was not fifth. It's important to note that um, she fended off a hard-charging Fandrick, who was deadly at the end. And uh, um, we, could, uh, <laughs> we could celebrate the fourth that she got, and we're really happy with it. Um, other comments on the women's side? Uh <laughs> Uh, no, I haven't had a chance to talk with Jesse or Rosie, so I think uh, I uh, should should leave that interview to you. Sure. <laughs> Heading into these last couple races, um, tomorrow I open the last individual race and then some team team events. Um, just thoughts or, or feelings or um, team morale heading into those last stages. Yeah, morale is morale is great. You know, I think um, <laughs> it's definitely true. We have a uh, a, a a travel fatigued team that is really excited to get back to the States and to into Canada for um, spring nationals. Um, but, you know, morale wise and fitness wise, we are um, right where we want to be. And so uh, Julia's result today was no surprise to have Rosie qualify in the top 10. Uh, unbelievable. You know, so these, these are not surprises. It's kind of where the vibe is indicating we should be. Um, and so tomorrow I think can be, a pretty exciting day for a whole handful of people. The The following day is going to be an interesting format. Um, the fifth and local OC is trying, um, you know, two new formats that are test events. Um, the mixed four by five relay, which I think is going to be a great addition. Um, we're able to start more than one team. So it's possible we'll start two relay teams and only one team sprint team. We have, and the reason for that is we have 10 athletes here. Um, still standing, and uh, we can start everybody if we feel two four by five relays and one team sprint rather than going one relay and two team sprints. The team sprint is going to be um, uh, it's going to be a an interesting format. They're they're going six laps each athlete. Um, basically, they uh, the teams that we choose they they ski a prologue. You add the two qualifier times, so they each ski 1.4K, a man and a woman, add those times, and take the top 20 um, teams. And then in the actual finals, which will be just a half an hour, 45 minutes later, uh, each athlete will ski six laps of the sprint course, which personally, I, you know, I'm going to hold reserve judgment until I've seen the actual event. Um, but... That's going to be a lot, you know, and I think if we're looking to make the, the sport more exciting, um, shorter laps uh, on a course that would lend the pack staying together would, would perhaps be a better choice. But but we'll see. We'll see. It's going to be fun, and we're going to show up ready to race. We're going to do our best to um, go out of here swinging. So that's uh, 20 teams, six laps each on today's course. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> that's right. That's wow. right. And, yeah. and I don't know if the – cameras do the hills justice here but uh these are burly courses yeah awesome well thank you for your time and uh we'll be in touch through the weekend 
Yeah, you're welcome, and definitely appreciate everybody's texts and shout-outs. Uh, we're feeling it over here, so um, we're gonna we're gonna swing hard tomorrow and the next day. Thank you.